Hello, everybody. It is that time again. It's the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. So delighted to be with you here again. It's May, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. And speaking of May, my precious daughter May is going to be a flower girl in two weeks. And she's as excited as you would be if you were a six-year-old getting ready to be a flower girl or boy or human, however you want to say it. We have a fun show today. I have two guests. They are both joining me via Zoom, and Mercury is in retrograde. So if anything goes wrong, you can blame Mercury, not me. My guests today are Caroline Radice and Michelle Costa. Caroline is the owner and head chef of Black Dog Catering, which focuses on making delicious food using local ingredients. Michelle owns and runs Mendo Ferments, which makes sauerkraut, kombucha, and other fermented products inspired by the bounty of Mendocino. They both run their businesses out of the Little Lake Grange Commercial Kitchen in Willits. Welcome, Michelle and Caroline. Hi, Elizabeth. Yay. Thanks for having us on. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. So first of all, we're getting a call, which is sort of random. Um, I'm not going to answer it, caller. Uh, we will open the lines later in the show, and perhaps you're trying to call the studio line and not the on-air line. So just if you're listening, caller, just go ahead and hang up. You can call back in half an hour. Uh, first, Caroline, can you give me a quick summary of how you got into catering and maybe how you came to Mendocino County, give the listeners a little intro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I came to Mendocino County originally in 2003 for a, a private chef job that I happened to have. And I loved it so much and thought it was so beautiful. I said I would like to stay here. Um, I was 19 years old at the time. And I remember thinking, um, I was like up in the hills of Redwood Valley looking out over this beautiful sunset. And I remember thinking, Boy, this is really weird that I'm only 19 and I feel like I've kind of figured out where I want to be. Um, right. This is like paradise. And I don't know where else I would ever want to go. Um, it's beautiful here. I had that and same so- feeling, but I was 30 when I came. So <laughs> I got to spend my 20s somewhere else um, <laughs> doing all the stupid things one may do in their 20s. So I'm very impressed. I actually didn't know that about you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I did that and I had been, I had worked as a professional cook before that in restaurants and done a little bit of personal chef and, um, like private event work, but I wanted to, I was like inspired by Mendocino County to branch off more into farming than restaurant work. And so I started growing produce, um, when I was, I worked at a restaurant in San Francisco that was one of the first kind of California restaurants I'd worked at that had more California cuisine. And I got to have my first formative heirloom tomato experience where <laughs> they had a really classic tomato caprese salad. But I, you know, I'm from upstate New York. I grew up in upstate New York and I had not eaten an heirloom tomato like that. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? This is incredible. Um, and when I grew up, my parents always had a huge garden. And so I just, I really wanted to grow some of the ingredients and do that end of it for a little while. Um, so I farmed for a little while, but I did a lot of food preservation and cooking. And my um, husband and partner at the time would be like, what is this for? Like I had this, <laughs> I had a pantry larder that was just like absurd. Where it was like, what, is, what is this for? 
<laughs> um, the so apocalypse. Then I it was for the apocalypse. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I, it's like I'm compelled to preserve food like a weird squirrel that it's like, I don't know, I just saw it and I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> and so from there, it kind of like began an actual food business where I was like, I guess I should give it or sell it to other people or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I started working at the farmer's market um, selling preserves that I made. And that was where I met you, I think. That, well, because uh, I was stalking your blog. I was very creepy about it. <laughs> No, it was the perfect it was the perfect um friend story where I I think there's a like pretty common internet meme that a lot of people have seen that it's like how do introverts make friends and then it's like uh an extrovert adopted them is like 98% of the pie chart <laughs> and that's definitely how Elizabeth and I got to be friends. <laughs> but now yeah. you that is true. But now you cater full time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I basically, um, from from there, I like my business grew. There was actually a moment because I loved making local. I loved making local canned goods using local ingredients from either my garden or my friends' gardens. Um, especially in the fall when there's like so much fruit around that, you know, the apples and pears in Mendocino County that somehow fall through the cracks every year constantly gives me anxiety. <laughs> yep. It goes back to the earth, Caroline. We need to stop all stop everything and we need to can so much applesauce. It's not even funny. Um, but there was a moment where the state of California changed the laws for what you can sell at a farmer's market. And there were really strict rules around if you didn't grow the food yourself, you have to be in a different section of the farmer's market. And so I was growing some produce and then I was also making some canned goods. And so I had like a very homesteady little farmer's market booth with some nice things from my garden and also some, some canned goods. But actually I can say I stopped selling some of those things and changed my business because of the absurd regulations that don't fit the rural area that we live in. I actually, you know, farmer's market managers are lovely and try and be accommodating, but I said, this is so stupid. I can't deal with this. It and was so a big deal. I mean, this is a tangent away from what we're meant to be talking about today, yeah. but I bet a lot of listeners don't realize this was what in like 2016, maybe um, yeah. there were massive changes to farmer's market laws in California because farmer's markets have a separate sort of tax situation. And so a lot of bigger cities were hosting quote unquote farmers markets that were really flea markets to avoid the tax implications. And they cracked down on those, but you can't crack down on Los Angeles without also cracking down in Mendocino County. And it did drive a lot of businesses, I maybe out of business and also drove a lot of change um, as yeah. is the case in your business model. But now we get to eat your delicious food at events. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that when I when I just went into catering and doing event work, the rules were more accommodating towards the kind of food I really love to cook, which is that I just I love getting things either that I grew or that my neighbors grew or that I got at the farmer's market or we have the food hub now, so I shop on the food hub a lot. I love just getting the most delicious, best, wonderful things and cooking it for um, all different types of friends, family, community members, things like that. Um and and that's what I do. Cool. Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about Mendo Ferments and how you got into all things fermenty? Sure. Um, literally, my husband woke up 
one morning and said, out of the blue, I want to make sauerkraut. So we started making it and we started experimenting with all these different ferments. And we had a garden that had more food than we could eat ourselves. The same as Caroline feels, you just want to preserve it. And it it's a great it's a great way to preserve food. So we did that for a while, and then I realized there wasn't anyone really doing that in Mendocino. And it seemed like a good niche for me. So I started at the farmer's market at well as well in Willits, and it was a good training ground for learning what people liked and what worked and how to be a business person. And... It grew from there. I had, you know, it wouldn't have been possible. I need a certified kitchen, so the Grange Kitchen worked out really good for me. And um, also local businesses that have helped me, like Mariposa, because they let me have deliveries there, and they help a lot of people. So I just wanted to shout out to them. Love Mariposa Um, Market. I think the the first time I ever tried June was your... June. So I think a lot of people are probably familiar with kombucha, but June is similar to kombucha, but it's made with green tea and honey. Is that the difference? That's basically the difference. And I find it to have a mellower flavor. Yeah, I don't love kombucha, but I will drink your June all day, every day. I really like it. Thank you. I really I also, because I've done so many, so Michelle and I, obviously, because of the show, we share a kitchen space at the Grange, but I remember it because I was so into food preservation. Um, I started experimenting with fermenting a little bit. <laughs> My projects were so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I'm like seeing Michelle effortlessly, effortlessly make this thing, all this stuff. And then I like, you know, it's like, trendy in certain areas of the internet and so I'm like oh I'm gonna learn how to do this too and it'd be like weird moldy sludge or like yeah. some of the most <laughs> rotten, same rotten, disgusting smelling things that I've ever made in my life um and so I like dabbled in it for a while and I still kind of dabble in it I can make things that aren't like slime now which is great <laughs> but I still like default to Michelle and all the delicious things that she makes um, it's a science. Well, you know, I mean, you gotta follow the rules. I'm not. I was also before. gonna say. <laughs> Go ahead, Michelle. Well, I was going to say that there was a lot of experimentation that went into what you're looking at as effortless. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've had my interesting ferments. I I only ever had one that really went bad. Ooh, tell yeah. the story. <laughs> well, when we first started fermenting, we had a crock that was a European crock and it had a recipe on it. And so the salt that they called for was a lot less, and which worked fine. And it worked fine all winter. And we made a ferment in the summer and that was not enough salt for California summer. And um, it was, it, if you ever have something like that go bad, there's just no doubt that it is not edible it like sauerkraut already smells unpleasant but when it goes bad it's you would never eat it It means business that's that's the nice thing about fermenting that it's so obvious when it's actually bad where it's like oh no (laughs) it's true that's true um well 
Listeners may be wondering why I have the two of you on today, and there is a good reason for it, and it's not just because you're both fun to talk to. Um, you both run your businesses out of the Little Lake Grange Commercial Kitchen, which is up in Willits. So I'm. let's talk about commercial kitchens and their importance to small businesses, certainly small local businesses. Because um, without access to a commercial kitchen, most small food-based businesses could not legally operate. So could you just sort of briefly explain what a commercial kitchen is, and maybe even if you know how many we have in Mendocino? I'm looking at Michelle to see oh. who wants to go first. Okay. Oh, I should have. Um, sure. So... A commercial kitchen is licensed by the health department and it has requirements that are different than a home kitchen. Um, so like a triple sink for washing dishes and you have to have washable surfaces on the walls and you have to have a fire suppression system if you're cooking. So there's a lot of regulations around a commercial kitchen. All the kitchens that have restaurants in them those are all commercial kitchens. They all got inspected. They follow a very specific set of rules. And it's not easy to make one. <laughs> and the, right. yeah, so, but there's, all, you know, so you have to consider that all those kitchens are commercial kitchens. But as far as shared use kitchens that are available in Mendocino County, I don't know the exact number, but I do know that there's one on the coast. There's one that's opening in Potter Valley. Um, before COVID, there was uh, some that I had heard were, gonna o were going to open. The Redwood Valley Grange is trying to become a commercial mm. kitchen. Mm -hmm. But any kitchen that, even any kitchen that a restaurant has can be a commissary for someone if they're willing to, say, rent it to you at night. But mm -hmm. a shared use kitchen is different where they have a certain amount of rental space that um, they rent to you know, local businesses to use the space and then you schedule your hours around each other. Um, so how so many, that yeah, that's perfect. How many people or businesses would you say are operating out of the Little Lake Grange commercial kitchen? Caroline, do you know? I know that Michelle I, I, has a really good track of these things. Michelle's got <laughs> yeah, this info. I Michelle's I actually do know. The, de the details. So I counted. So... There's 12 businesses right now wow. that are food businesses that are working out of the kitchen at, that on a regular basis, mainly. Um, some are caterers that do not work every week, but um, there's also, uh, it also gets used for the pancake breakfast at the Grange. Delicious. And that's the third Sunday. Wonderful. Uh, everyone loves the pancake breakfast. And um, then it's also running out for events like when there's a concert there um, or if you have a, if you rent the great hall, you can rent the kitchen if it's available, you know, for any event that you might have like a wedding or the high school has rented it before. And yeah, it's terrific. That's seems like a lot of people when I think about it. Yeah. And I know over the years, yeah, over the years, there's been, I think almost about 35 businesses that have used it some of which are still around or moved on to other things. And then farmers use it as well. There's dehydrators. Those usually get used in the fall. So it's pretty, pretty You excellent. must have a very elaborate Google Doc scheduling system. Too. <laughs> that's correct. How, how, airlines, that's, 
how many people is too many people in the kitchen at once? Like how many of those 12 businesses can be operating simultaneously? Oh my gosh. Well, the, it, it changes depending on what the business is and what infrastructure they're using. And so luckily we have, there's the Grange has a facilities manager that coordinates all the rentals for us and who curates the Google calendar and goes back and forth with all the emailing. So um, Erica is wonderful. Wonderful, Erica, if you're listening, thank you for curating the Google calendar for us. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't want to do it. Um, But yeah, it's like a mix of Erica and then us talking to each other where like some days I'll be like, needing to come in on a day that I don't usually come in and I'll talk to Michelle and I'll say like, Hey, what are you working on a Tuesday? I only need to use like a little corner of the oven. Is it okay if I squish in with you? And she'll say like, Oh yeah, it's totally fine. I'm only using the sinks and the counter for making kraut today. So it it is fine to squish. And so there's a lot of communication that goes on like that. As is true in any community setting, my experience primarily with community gardens, uh, communication is key and not everybody's a great communicator and everybody has different styles of working. So I imagine a, a shared commercial kitchen has the same, probably, you know, minor scuffles every now and then. And I just wanted to say also that there's not a lot of community kitchens that do it in this way where you have people running the same space together unless they have separate stations like it's pretty interesting to get it all to work out yeah (laughs) but um, it's pretty it's also it has its ups and downs but you know i one thing i love about it is you know i met caroline and i've been able to collaborate on weddings and i you know a lot of the other people that do catering and just watching what other people do, you can learn so much. So that part of it's really, really fun. A million years that. ago, I taught a canning class in the the kitchen for the, right? the for the uh-huh. School of Adaptive Agriculture. It's a great kitchen, and it's a really it special facility to have that kitchen next to such a large event space, and to have that event space be so affordable to rent. Um, I'm wondering, I do have a couple more questions about licenses, but since we're talking about the Grange as a whole, for folks who maybe aren't familiar, like, what is a Grange? What's the purpose of a, of a Grange with a physical, you know, location? So the Granges, they were founded as a farming advocacy group, like in the late 1800s, and also as a place for social connection for the rural communities and that's they still have that's basically what they do today as well they do lobby for farming rights and they do charity um they have you know kate like our little lake little lake range is unique because we have that building it has it's an old um elementary school it's enormous so yeah, and it's a lot to, it is a lot to manage for a nonprofit. And, um, but they have rooms that they run out for other businesses, um, that are all currently full and they have a low powered radio station. I did and not know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, you what didn't know that? No, what's their call letters? KLLG. KLLG. Yeah. And it was actually incredible because, 
Uh, during the Redwood Complex fire, I think, when the power was out and there was no communication in Willet, right. I remember the updates that I were getting were from KLLG, and it was the only place you could hear anything about anything that was going on, and it was just like... What number is it on the dial? It's... Because oh. <laughs> I, I don't get that down in Ukiah, so that is a very low-power station. It's line of sight. Okay, so it sure. It's 97.9, and I think it basically works in Willits. I love this so much. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it was, I like, KLG was awesome during the Redwood Fire, where I, I like, ended up at the Grange during part of it, um, and was, like, just hanging out in the radio station, getting updates, and I think it was, like, very late at night, too, and somehow they... They like had updates about what was going on and it was amazing. Yeah, and fires just... really take on their own yeah. cultural ecosystem. It just shuts down everything yeah. and then starts its own thing. And you know, yeah. K- KZYX plays a huge role in fire time communications as well. Um, so I'm definitely I'm gonna check out KLLG every time I drive through Willits. Okay, mm-hmm. totally off topic. Um, so is the Little Lake Grange connected to a larger network of granges? I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to granges, even though I've been to yes. several pancake breakfasts. Yes, they are connected to a national Grange organization. And I think I read, and I'm surprised I remember this, that they're in 36 states. Oh. And they're kind of like similar to, did you ever see Odd Fellows? There's yeah. Odd Fellows halls uh-huh, around. Sure. So it's, you know, those would be, those were popular at the time that they were created and they built a lot of buildings and there's granges. There's a lot of granges in California and they do. Yeah. Farmer advocates. So I understand (laughs) you're, you're connected. Little Lake Grange. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, because Little Lake Grange is also concerned with food security and they host political forums as well. So they have a grassroots Yeah, I think they've been really, Little Lake has been really involved in a lot of the food security projects over the last, um, I, like, I don't know the older history because I wasn't here, but it seems like they've been really involved in at least the last 20 years or so when I've been paying attention to it. Most people would consider 20 years ago to be history, Caroline, just FYI. Well, it's like, You've been here I don't want to say that it was like, I don't want to say that it was, tw- oh, they've been involved in the last 20 years of food security and then have someone from the Grange be like, I've been doing this for 50 years that, now. Well, like, that's fair. <laughs> <"You have." laughs> um, they've been really involved then. And are the Mendocino County Granges connected in any significant way? Because I know there's one in Willits, there's one in Anderson Valley, there's one in Redwood Valley, uh, there's one in Fort Bragg. So- Those are the ones I've been to. Yes, they are, I believe, connected through the state grange, the California state grange, which there was, anyway, but yes, they're connected. There was a little, I I believe I remember just a teensy bit of drama a few years ago with the California state grange. Yes, because they tried to break off from the national grange. I know Little Lake Grange is very concerned with organic farming and you know, those kind of cultural practices, but the National Grange isn't necessarily always concerned with that because they represent farmers in Iowa. And, right. You know, we're, we're 
we have a slightly different vibe out here in California. Um, so yes, they are connected in that way. And there is a, I believe there's, there's a convention for the whole state range and they do have meetings and cool. Sounds fun. Uh, Love a Grange, love a pancake breakfast. Um, Let's take a quick second to introduce all of us. This is the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm interviewing Caroline Radice of Black Dog Farm Catering and Michelle Costa of Mendo Ferments. Both of them run their businesses out of the Little Lake Grange Commercial Kitchen in Willits. And we're talking about small food businesses and commercial kitchens and specifically the Little Lake Grange Kitchen, which... Y'all have a fundraiser coming up, is that right? Yeah, we do. Um, So it's not this weekend, but it's next weekend. Um, We have a dinner and music show coming up. And part of the reason we're doing a fundraiser is that I... So I'm not the building maintenance, like, manager. So I... Please, if anyone's listening and I, like, have the details not quite right, forgive me. You can can (laughs) call in. You can call in. Yeah, call in if I, call in and correct me if I have anything wrong. But I believe what happened is that last year they were doing some routine maintenance on the plumbing and discovered there was a significant amount of asbestos in the pipes. That it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like a small repair. Under the building. Yeah. So it wasn't just a small repair. It turned into like catastrophically large costs to do the repairs. And um, I think the Grange was able to take out a loan to cover the cost, which was great. But it was like $100,000. It was like a oh my huge gosh. amount of Oh, my money. gosh. And so it went from being – the Grange, I think, has historically been able to like manage their costs pretty well. And they like, keep track of like building repairs. And like they always seem to, to be getting by really well compared to like – like I think – many granges are in old buildings so there's always going to be building maintenance to account for um but it seemed like our grange was like keeping it together pretty well but then with this asbestos thing that came up it was a huge hit to have to take out a loan like that and so now um we're we as like a, a grange community and network are just doing more fundraising to help the uh help help repay that so that they're not just stuck in debt forever because of it yeah no uh, kidding first of all shout out i'm assuming they got that loan from a local bank shout out to local financial institutions if you're not banking locally you should be get off that soapbox <laughs> but just like if i may stand on that soapbox for a moment give local banks and credit unions your business Bank of America does not need your business. Um, when is the fundraiser? So it's Saturday, May 13th. And um, we have a, like, Willits local celebrity who's our event coordinator, <laughs> Pooba, that a lot Puba, of people know. yes. He came up with an idea to do a really fun, uh, a really fun music and dinner concept that we haven't done yet before. And it's a band I'm like such a food nerd and I can talk about food for three hours, but I just, I'm like trying to get myself to remember all the details for the music because the music is really exciting too. So it's this band from the Bay area that plays um, like new Orleans inspired jazz music. And oh, it fun. is mainly like Ella Fitzgerald kind of um, Ella Fitzgerald kind of vibes. And the band is called the Velvet Vipers, and then Sarah Ryan, who's a like well-known local singer with the Real Sarahs, is going to be 
collaborating with them as a special guest that night. And then they also have an amazing local trumpet player who's going to be collaborating too and playing horns with it. And someone else is uh, uh, Frankie J, who is also like well known is playing jazz piano during the dinner hour. Um, So it's like piano dinner club. And I, so the part where I come in is I love, um, I like love a good menu prompt when people ask me to make certain things. And so one of my favorite types of cuisines is like really classic steakhouse food. I like love old school steak and potato. Yeah, well, it's like steaks, but then there's all the different fancy sauces that go with them, like hollandaise sauce and bordelaise sauce. Bordelaise sauce is like a mushroom red wine sauce. Then there's like brandy peppercorn. So there's all these fun sauces. There's obviously all these delicious kinds of potatoes you can make. I like love creamed spinach and like creamed winter greens. Um, so I'm making a really old school steakhouse kind of menu to go with the vibe of the music. And so a bunch of the food businesses that a bunch of the people that hang out together in the kitchen are going to come and work together to put on this dinner. So it's going to be uh, the Black Dog Catering Crew, uh, Michelle and Craig from Mendo Ferments, Fernando from Mindful Meals um, is another one of our kitchen neighbors who's incredible. He makes these, he does meal prep for, um, he does meal prep. I, I don't think I'm, do I have the words to explain it well? Meal prep prep where he like really tracks the nutrition and the macros really well. Like if you're doing a fitness uh, fitness regimen and really you're paying attention to what you eat you can just order from mindful meals and he has these delicious packed meals where he like really pays attention to all of it cool um, hey hang on anyway. a second we have a call so let's just go ahead and take that hi caller you're live on the air hey guess who it's booba booba hooray perfect timing <laughs> yeah i just want i just wanted to like and and, and no problem i mean Car- uh, carolyn's got so much on her plate right now no pun intended um, no pun intended. Pun intended. I do. <laughs> yes. So um, I just wanted to be descriptive of a little bit more. It's going to be the band is going to be playing about seventy percent of the music will be a tribute to Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong and their their partnership over the years from about nineteen thirty through nineteen fifty early fifties. This is something that you don't get a chance to hear very often. And uh, Frankie J will be playing during dinner, and he'll be playing the music, a lot of the music from Casablanca, and there'll be some surprises there. And to tip my tip my hat a little bit, it's likely uh, during the main show after dinner that Sarah Ryan is uh, said that she might even bring her tap shoes. She's never done this. Her father raised her with the music, that old jazz music, so. I hope everybody comes and enjoys it. Uh, there's only 80 tickets, and the tickets are at, uh, for sale at the Flying Dog Pizza. So At Flying Dog di- Pizza exclusively? Yes. Okay. You heard it here, folks. There are only 80 tickets to this dinner, and you have to buy them at Flying Dog Pizza in Willits. So- right, and they're open, they're, open, they're open on Wednesday through Sundays. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for calling in and giving us those details. No, no problem. Bye-bye. Bye. I love that. I love that perfect, perfectly timed call. Um, I know. I love that he's listening. He's like, Caroline is not doing this pitch well. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know all the details. <laughs> um, wow. And the pizza fun. is delicious. 
the what the flying dog the oh, pizza, the pizza is delicious yes. yeah, yeah for sure so, um so it's a steakhouse style dinner but i'm sure you're going to have like vegetarian options yeah totally and um so a lot of the food that i cook features ingredients from local farms or my farm um that i work with uh work out with Catherine and sarah my farm partners and um one of the things i'm excited for is doing a wedge salad with like spring lettuces and um like really good blue cheese dressing and like bacon bits but yeah we always have lots of local produce on the menu that's featured really well so um so i I would love to see people there but also i think it's like an excuse the fundraiser felt like an excuse or inspiration for me to talk a little bit about what a great project I think the Grange Kitchen is. Um, I think the, I don't know if everyone realizes what a large community effort it was to get that commercial kitchen project done because it used to not exist. That used to not be there. And a lot of different like there were a lot of people involved to make that project come together. I know um, NCO helped coordinate multiple grants for it. Uh, April Cunningham did a whole bunch of work, getting a bunch of equipment for the kitchen. Uh, Fontaine McFadden did a whole bunch of work on another grant where she was like helping uh, with a lot of the kitchen systems we use. Simple things like I remember with the grant that Fontaine worked for for NCO, we like figuring out billing for the kitchen was always confusing of like, how do you bill? And so we ended up getting this keypad where you, each user has their ident- unique punch in punch out code. And I think it revolutionized how they do billing for the kitchen manager. And it used to be a lot more complicated. And so stuff like that, so many people have been involved in this project is all I'm saying. And then never mind like the tons of Grange members and volunteers. And I think it should be celebrated as a community project that a lot of people worked on and it's going really well and it's working. And I like, I don't always know if people realize it, but it's like, this is really working really well. It's really exciting. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's going to be a celebratory fundraiser. Yeah. I, so we spoke a little bit earlier about what licenses or requirements a commercial kitchen has to operate. But what about you as, I don't know if you're considered like cottage, no, cause cottage food is out of your home typically. So just small food producers, like Michelle, what licenses do you need to make and sell fermented products? So an environmental health permit from the county which they will inspect you for. And um, so do they come and inspect you on a day that you're working at the kitchen? Usually. And they inspect us for me when I started at the farmer's markets. Sure. They come and inspect the farmer's markets. And in order to sell wholesale, I needed to get a processed food registration. And they did come and inspect me. Um, And so I'm certified in the Little Lake Range kitchen to make whatever I want. I'm certified in that kitchen, but if I move to another kitchen, then I'd have to, I don't know, change. (laughs) I mean, I'd have to change. (laughs) Don't move. Um, There's no reason to. to um, (laughs) There's a, you have to have a food handlers uh, or a food management safety course certificate. 
uh, I think that's all the permits besides a business license. And you're at the Willits I, Farmer's Market and sometimes the Ukiah's Farmer's Market, right? No, I'm at the Willits Farmer's Market and I'm at the Fort Bragg Farmer's Market. Not Ukiah anymore. No. Wah, wah. My, <laughs> she said selfishly. But on the upsides, I do have my Saturdays off yes so we you know i can't say anything because i am no longer at the farmer's market so i'm not gonna <laughs> give anyone else grief for not going to a saturday or any farmer's market but then you sell wholesale as well to local retailers i'm assuming mariposa market yes and i sell to harvest market corners of the mouth ukiah natural foods um, chautauqua and garberville mm. as well as i sell kegs to pubs and uh, North Spur and Shawnee, and I sell, yeah, cool. to restaurants. So lots of I opportunities to eat some Mendo ferments if you can't make it to one of those of farmers markets. And then, Caroline, right. as a caterer, what are your licensing obligations? There's overlap with the same, some of the same things that Michelle has for the food safety manager certificate and the business license. And, but I have a catering license. And then, um, there's also a set of insurance. There's like, insurance is like a whole wormhole of like how far you want to go with your insurance, but, um, a fair amount of insurance yeah. also. Like liability insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Liability. Oh my gosh. And- we have so much liability insurance as Carson and bees because you know, who's to say whose bee stung you? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. I mean, never mind. We do not. Don't listeners get stung by a bee and <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Scratch that. Um, yeah, insurance is stressful because also you never really, I haven't needed it, but also it's like, I don't know what would happen if I, it's like. That's insurance. You want it when you like need whole, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't needed it, but then also Knock on it's wood. like when you actually try and use it, I think it's a whole other learning curve of trying to figure out how to do a claim and things like that. I don't know. Well, and I'm sure working out of a commercial kitchen, a shared space like that in some ways alleviates a lot of the overhead and also headaches, administrative headaches of having to operate your own space because the Grange has its own insurance and you aren't responsible for that and you aren't responsible for making claims. And when there's asbestos discovered in the pipes, the Grange took out the loan. You didn't have to take out that loan. So um, yeah, it just seems like nothing but upside to to be able to run a, a food business out of a shared commercial kitchen. Um, are there any downsides? That- yeah, go ahead, Michelle. I was going to say is that they actually, my insurance does cover me in the kitchen. Their insurance covers people in the building, but they're named as an additional insured on my policy. Mm. For, yeah. So, so if you light the kitchen to clarify, on fire. <laughs> because just to clarify is that the asbestos wasn't in the pipes. The asbestos was under the building where the pipes live. Because if it was in the pipes, that would be even more of a problem for everybody. Right. It would bend. <laughs> so just to clarify that. Well, and the main takeaway is it has been remediated. 
Yeah, yeah. Yes, and I know is. there was and a there, there was a Ukiah Journal article about it last summer when they were working on it or whenever it was, where Erica, the building manager, made it clear that no one's health was at risk because of the asbestos, but it did also need to get taken out of the building. Yeah, you got to remediate it. Um, okay, well, this hour is flying by. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Farm and Garden Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm interviewing Caroline Radice of Black Dog Catering and Michelle Costa of Mendo Ferments. They both run their businesses out of the Little Lake Grange Commercial Kitchen in Willits. If you have a question for Michelle or Caroline or about the Grange, or if you just, you know, want to call and say hi, keep it short, but we'll allow it. Give us a call, 707 895 2448. We'll open up the phone lines for the next 10 minutes or so. 895 2448. In the meantime, let's see if a call comes through. I'm wondering, like, what would happen to all of you as small businesses if the commercial kitchen? ceased to exist if there were you know like a fire or if they lost funding or got you know whatever like could are there other kitchens nearby or could you get your own home kitchens licensed or is that kind of a death knell in some ways they both i want people to know we're on zoom and i can see their faces and they both just have these like stricken horrified looks (laughs) so my answer I think as a caterer, I have to be like part of the job qualifications is that you have to be ready to do all kinds of weird things because of awful things that happen. Yeah, you're like, like once, cooking on a barbecue in a field. Yeah. Once the power went out at a venue, right as I was doing dinner service. And so we did, we like plated food for 100 people in pitch black with the light of cell phones because the power wasn't out where the where the people were so we we like i try to think that i could adapt to something like that and figure it out but also i mean during the pandemic when catering was basically closed for a good year and change i would have just gone out of business if it weren't for the grange i would have like just been out of business and um I've no, I still am kind of confused how everyone didn't go out of business during the pandemic. I think it's amazing that, um, a testament to human resilience, perhaps. Yeah. A testament to human resilience. Um, but yeah, there, it, it would be very difficult. The Grange is really um, a wonderful home base for us. Michelle, what, what were your thoughts on that? It would be really difficult. Um, if, if I still had all my equipment, I might be able to do something. But I will say that I have looked for a space to make a cold kitchen because I don't need I don't need hot kitchen, so I don't need a stove and fire suppression. So it's possible, but the, I it's not in my budget range. I'd have to really get much bigger, uh, and it's pretty difficult to find a spot to work. Uh, like this. I imagine the sense of the sense of community is probably really valuable as well. Cause a lot of you are probably working, you know, like alone or with maybe one other person. And like you were saying earlier, there's a lot of opportunities to learn from each other, but also just to socialize. I don't know. I know Caroline's an introvert, so maybe you hate that part of it, but (laughs) 
She oh my god, act one like of, a convert in the kitchen. <laughs> one of the things though that like um that's like a shared kitchen thing because I love I love and thrive working in a quiet kitchen with no music going on and it's the exact kind of thing that you're talking about with community gardens and how there's a lot of communication where I have to because most people love working with some like fun music going and it makes them feel energized but I have trouble concentrating with it and so I do I, I'm like my like just enjoy enjoy the quiet <laughs> Maybe invest in some high quality noise canceling earphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked about where Mendo ferments is carried for folks who are listening and, you know, are like, oh, all of that sounds delicious. And it is delicious. Caroline, you aren't really available to the public because you're a caterer. So who's your like typical client where can we find you throughout the county and beyond i mainly do wedding catering but i also um i do a little bit of corporate and nonprofit catering where if a business is having a lunch or something i sometimes do drop off catering for things like that but then i also do um i love cooking for various types of community gatherings and so just this coming month i'm cooking i'm stepping away from the kitchen right now because I'm cooking for with with the whole group. It's not just me, but it's like me and the Black Dog crew are cooking for the Humane Society fundraiser at Clara Winery on Saturday. And then we're cooking for the Grange fundraiser next weekend. And then I also do a lot of cooking at the Hopland Research and Extension Center, and they're having a fundraiser on May 21st. Um, and so those like fundraising dinners tend to be a, a but that tends to be the time that uh, my food is like open and for sale to the public when I'm when I'm cooking things. It's that fundraiser time of year, so it is. <laughs> I think it's also after because there was like a big pause on fundraising in person for th this type of this type of fundraiser for a while, and I think this year people are really excited about getting back together and having events. It, it was picking up last year for sure. But I think that this year people are just really excited about being able to do it and wanting to come together and have dinners and celebrate things like that. Do you ever cook together as businesses at the kitchen? Do you have like family meal ever? No, but we should. <laughs> I know I, Caroline is just an amazing chef and her crew is amazing and i have tasted her wonderful her wonderful meals and i mean we share things a lot yeah yeah we do but we do we share things and yeah it'll I, be I really there today when they were cooking for the barra event and it smelled terrific and <laughs> made me hungry <laughs> yeah and it's more like michelle will be making things and we'll be watching it and being like wait michelle wait can we can you bottle some of that for us too that looks really good she makes a um one of the things you you make michelle is the like orange juice ginger like the tumor power shot yeah the power shots and i usually am really tired because i'm working hard when i'm working and so <laughs> Just whenever Michelle is making these turmeric power shots, I'm like, oh my God, can I can I buy some of those for me right now? <laughs> it is like a gallon jug of that. Uh, but it's really fun to get to do that. Who cleans? Do you gotta clean your own space, I imagine? Yes. You sure do. Yeah, you clean up after yourself and um 
Yeah. What happens? We have actually, I was going to say that um, right now, the businesses we have do a really good job because I've been in the kitchen for a long time and that can be a real big issue. It has to be ready for the next person who's renting it. Right, and, of um, course. Now we we do really well. There is um, there is someone who's been doing some deep cleaning as well from the Grange. And yeah, is there like a, a a system of like strikes where three strikes <clears throat> you're out? I mean, can you get kicked out as a business <laughs> at the Grange, or do you try to do conflict resolution and keep everybody in? Well, it's that communication thing. You know, if you communicate with people, sometimes they just don't realize, you know, and so if you communicate with each other, if there's an issue, it usually gets resolved. People have different standards of cleanliness sometimes. Yes. We've all lived with roommates. It is also, there are the like classic moments of like, finding some weird pan in the sink and being like, who did this? Oh, there was a long time where um, I like hadn't learned how to clean out the sinks all the way in a good way. <laughs> I would have Michelle be like, there's debris in the sinks again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do better. I'll do better. <laughs> Please don't kick me out. <laughs> but, but it's just like everyone learns how to talk to each other and coexist together. And, you know, it's like getting getting systems dialed and well and people learn how to do better so is there are do you have spots for other people or businesses who might be interested in starting or moving their business to the little lake range at this point the calendar is very full but there are still spots so it depends on the type of business sometimes there's businesses that need to use the kitchen every week and there's pretty limited availability for that unless you're willing to do an overnight shift. Mm. Um, like if you're willing to work baker hours really early in the morning or something like that, there still are some of those hours available. Um, but then there's some businesses where they can be more, the type of business can be more accommodating to whenever there's an opening on the calendar. So say, you know, you want to like can a bunch of pears in the fall and you can keep your pairs in the cooler until you see that there's an opening on the calendar and you can um and just you can go in for a weekend and do a whole bunch of canning so you can just rent it like a one-time one-off situation yeah yeah where can people learn more about that i'm looking up the email if you're interested in finding out more is there a website or just send an email Send an email to willitsgrange, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Willitsgrange at gmail.com. If anybody out there has been listening to the show and is eager to get a shift or two in a commercial kitchen, or if you want to know when the next pancake breakfast is, or if you want to be a member, or if you want more information about the fundraiser coming up on Saturday, May 15th, it is dinner and music, New Orleans style band with local musicians. There are only 80 tickets available, we've been told, and you can only get them at Flying Dog Pizza in Willits. So... If you're trying to go to that, which maybe I'm trying to go to that now that I've heard all of it. Elizabeth, you should come. <laughs> yes, um, sure. I didn't know anything. I knew there was a fundraiser, but didn't know any details before this. And now I'm just salivating thinking about the steak, steakhouse style dinner. 
Will people get dressed up? Is it fa- is it going to be fancy? Yeah, so Puba described it as black tie and sequin for the <gasps> dress code. But I, I've been telling everyone that it's like your interpretation of black tie and sequin. I own uh, a sequin dress! <laughs> I think I think that um, a lot of the time in Willits, I know I sometimes complain to my friends like that there's not a lot of opportunities to dress up in fun outfits. Um, like there's just not a lot of fancy places where you're going to wear a f- more formal cocktail dress or something. This is a perfect opportunity if you would like to. It's your moment. This is the time. <laughs> If my mother-in-law is listening, I may need you to hem that dress sooner rather than later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are just about at the end of our show. Are there any final thoughts um, either of you would like to leave us with in terms of the Grange or just being a small food business in Mendocino County? Michelle, (laughs) final thoughts? Well, I'll see you at the farmer's market and you can come and ask me all the questions you want there at Fort Bragg or Willits. And I just really appreciate our community and I appreciate having you having me on your show. Thank you so much. For I love coming. the Farm and Garden Show Aww. and I love KZYX as well. So thank you very much. Thanks, Michelle. What about you, Caroline? What are your last thoughts? Um, my last thoughts are that I think we live in a great community and I also love the Farm and Garden Show and I'm excited that you were up for talking about this today. And... I hope to see people at the fundraiser, but also there's tons of opportunities to get involved at the Grange, come to a pancake breakfast. It's a really wonderful community organization and a community center. And um, I hope people stop by. And those pancake breakfasts are monthly on which Sunday? I think they're on the third Sunday. And yeah. it's really delicious. They have real maple syrup. They have gluten-free options. And it's very affordable, yes, from what yeah. I recall. So. It's very affordable. Cool. And it's fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love love our community and all the fun things we have to do in it. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you all out there listening. This has been the Farm and Garden Show. As always, I am very happy to be your host, Elizabeth Archer. I will be back two weeks from today with something else. Tune in. You're going to have to tune in to find out what that is. Uh, and that's, that's it. That's all she wrote. Stay tuned for Democracy Now! This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. Taste a little of the summer.